time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Now, let me ask you, how do you feel about standing in line? Would you pay someone to do it for you? <laughs> I've heard of people doing that. Yes. Um, you know, including, uh, what, standing in line. I've heard of people standing in line for a spot on a golf course, never mind standing in line for health care. But, you know, if you're out there and you're unemployed and you're willing to do it, uh, there are some people for whom standing in line for health care, uh, waiting walk-in clinics is really annoying. I doubt it would work in an emergency ward, though. It might work no, I don't standing think it would out, work there. outside the uh, walk-in clinic. But, uh, well, you know, there are entrepreneurs out there, and it's a real, real problem, and one that uh, yep. resists easy solutions, much as governments uh, try to talk about those. Well, that is so true, because like the big story about people being paid to stand in line has to do with the passport lineups, right? People are tired of that, yeah. but... You mentioned healthcare there, and that's another big one. If you nobody wants to wait for healthcare, the healthcare thing and these these chronic repeat offender situations, they really seem to be doing a little damage here to the NDP. Yeah, they are, and I mean the healthcare one, and and the chronic offenders one. In our business, as you well know, you look for stories that are vivid and powerful and connect to the problem to the public. You'd sooner talk about what actually happens to people than sort of abstract. And on these two storylines, it's astonishing how many examples come forward to news organizations. I mean, we are reporting real stories every day, and there are real hardships. People being beaten up by chronic offenders that have been released a whole bunch of times, and struck by such things as as parents uh, both working, one or two children. They don't have a family doctor because the family doctor is retired and they can't find one. And they're left going to the ER and the walk-in clinics. But, well, I mean, the waiting times are posted online now, so you know how infuriating it's going to be. You're going to wait four or five hours. Who's got that kind of time? Um, exactly. And, you, you know, when you want health care, you don't want to wait four or five hours because you're probably getting worse during that four or five hours. <clears throat> Very much so, and then people avoid going and dealing with, and so you get, you know, you get all kinds of problems. And again, we've there's no lack of evidence that both of these problems are real and genuine and serious public hardship. And people are holding the government to account for it because who else are you going to blame? And we now have well, this week we're going to get a couple of examples of cabinet ministers trying to somehow or other tell the public they're taking it seriously or at least deflecting the public's attention from the obvious problem. Uh, Speaking of which, we did get a health press conference yesterday, but that had to do with surgical backlogs. Yeah, no, it did. I kind of wanted to phone in to that one with Adrian Dix yesterday and say, Minister, how come you're so short of statistics on this issue? This is funny. I mean, this is the Adrian Dix method. He suffocates you with numbers that make his record look good, or the system look good, on the issue he's chosen, reducing surgical backlogs. But as we know, try to get numbers out of the health ministry on other subjects. Um, journalists, our colleagues, have been struggling for two years to get some numbers on uh, management of the pandemic and things like that. So, yeah, the health minister came out and said, hey, we are dealing with surgical backlogs. Okay, well, yes, but we know that there, first of all, are a lot of people out there waiting for surgery, uh, hip 
and knee replacement. The stats are out. The orthopedic surgeons put them out. There are hundreds, and in some cases, I think more than a 1,000 people waiting. And that's waiting with real pain and real inconvenience. We know there are tens of thousands of British Columbians who can't get a family doctor. And because they can't get a family doctor, they can't get into the system to get looked after to get their lab tests or to see a specialist or anything else. So I didn't think that was a very effective attempt at distraction by Dix uh, yesterday. And I don't think he got very far. I'd be surprised if he got very far with impressing the public. Uh, Yeah, also interesting story in the Vancouver Sun today with Katie DeRosa. Yeah, so Katie DeRosa, uh, this is all confirmed. Uh, British Columbia dumped 650,000 doses of vaccine uh, basically because they'd expired. Well, the expiry dates are right there on the vaccine, and if you've got a bunch of vaccine that's expiring, why wouldn't you jump a whole bunch of people that are waiting for whatever dose it is in order uh, to the front of the line? Just open it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing from people that, you know... <clears throat> the 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 waiting list right now for fourth doses is I think it's it's my age group seventy and older right but I mean I hear from people who are sixty five well why can't I get why can't exactly. I get my fourth dose that is not going to go over very well with those people there's a technical explanation for it but basically it's you've had you've had a long time to manage this problem out there and you say we all must get vaccinated and you've done a great job of promoting that idea. So why would a government that said all those things to people be dumping 650,000 doses of a vaccine that the government itself says this can save your life? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so there's that front, obviously, they're dealing with. And then there's the other press conference coming up this morning with Attorney General David Eby, who promised us some creative solutions on dealing with repeat offenders. It better be creative. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you know, I heard him, and uh, he gave us a bit of a preview yesterday. So this is this is an attempt to. I mean, the problem is real, and EB acknowledges it, and the stories are awful. Okay, chronic offenders is, but the law and the the federal government has changed the law, and the courts have ruled, and it is the lock them up option is not the way it used to be. You're, you you can't lock people up as easily as you used to be able to, and that's how we used to solve the problem. So what EB is trying to do here is to say, look, there are two kinds of repeat offenders. There are repeat offenders who are mentally ill, uh, who are drug addicts, and those people, we have remedies, which the courts have encouraged and Ottawa has encouraged. We have remedies that involve treatment and care and places to go and, and all of these very worthy and, to some degree, workable methods. But there's another kind of chronic offenders. And they are just relentless and determined, and they aren't interested in any of those options, and they're not going to accept it. And if you let them out, they will go back perhaps today, and do exactly the thing. So Evie's trying to craft a solution to this and and try to be creative about it, and we've heard a couple of things. One would be to craft a lock-em-up option that would withstand court challenge. You'd have to show that nothing else had worked and these people were dangerous to themselves and the public and therefore 
the lock them up option would work. That's going to be a challenge, but you got to try it. The other is the one that um, I know you've got uh, Mike Morris, the liberal we do. MLA on this morning. This is David Eby. Like, you can tell, you know how challenged a government feels when they start taking ideas from the opposition. <laughs> the right. So, so Morris, who's a former police officer, said, um, what if you appointed a special prosecutor just to deal with chronic offenders? The advantage of that would be this is somebody who's, who would at least have their fingertips on the data, would at least be able to distinguish between the people who will accept treatment and won't, and would essentially be an action center for dealing with the bad kind of chronic offenders. Right. E.B. said, uh, looking at that, I think it's a good idea, and they're headed that way. So I think that will be part of the briefing today. How soon the rollout on all this will happen is another matter, Simi. But you can tell, again, that the government has been under enormous political pressure on this because they are trying to move a lot more quickly than they were just a few weeks ago. Yeah, no kidding. Like, this all seems to have come to fruition pretty much in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and this is where, you know, we've gone back to normal politics is returning. The opposition is holding the government to account. The opposition and local mayors have done a very good job of raising the profile on this issue. News coverage has done it as well. And the government is responding because it's not just that they're listening to the liberals in question period. The phone calls are coming into their own office from their own supporters, and they're going, hey, we've got a real one here. We better deal with it. Hmm. And I like this idea. So theoretically, a special prosecutor would be able to immediately have all the information at their fingertips about a particular offender and be able to tell the judge that, whereas a regular Crown Counsel wouldn't have all that history right away. Yeah, you know, regular Crown Counsel are dealing with dozens of different exactly. problems. They don't have, they, they may have the records, uh, but they're kind of overwhelmed, whereas this, yeah, would be a dedicated prosecutor whose job, his or her job would be to, to know the chronic offenders know the ones that regular treatment isn't going to work and be able to make the case to the judge, no, this is a special case and we need to think about this. It is still going to have to stand, withstand legal challenge. The courts, the federal government, have made it a lot harder to just lock them up. Hmm. All right. Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.